two stories of women whose heroism was unparalleled, women who soared their way into American history despite gender stereotypes. Their names were Maggie G and Hazel Ng Lee, and this is Unusual Women. Welcome back to another episode of Unusual Women. Today we have a very special episode because we're going to be talking about the two women who paved the way for pilots everywhere. Maggie G and Hazel Ng Lee actually never met, but their lives are forever connected. They were the first female military pilots in U.S. history. Yeah, that was interesting. The paths never crossed, but they have like such parallel lives. So to start it off, Maggie was born in Berkeley, California in 1923. She was a third generation Chinese American and she studied physics at the University of California, but dropped out during the draft uh, to join the military where she worked at the Naval Shipyard with her mother. So she really wanted to become a pilot because she had seen like different people become pilots and whatnot. So she actually saved up $25, drove herself from California to Texas to join the WASP program, which we'll go into a little bit later, but let's uh, take a moment to talk about Hazel. Yeah, so Hazel and Lee was born in Portland, Oregon in 1912. She was one of eight children and her family owned a Chinese restaurant. Um, Hazel was hardworking and when she was introduced to flying, she knew it was her calling. I love when people just like are introduced something, they're like, this is it, this is it. Um, despite the pushback that she got from her family, she was one of the first Chinese American women to get her pilot's license. So now we're going to take a moment to actually talk about the WASP program. Uh, so both women were part of the WASP program, which stands for Women Air Force Service Pilots. So basically, um, women weren't allowed to be in combat, but they were still allowed to train as pilots because they they needed all the men to go overseas to war. So they needed somebody else to train new pilots to fight. So they got female civilians to learn this skill. And then they trained all of the men to go fight, which means though the women though had to know every escape plan, every like military plan, they had to be ready for every scenario so that they could teach the men so that they could go out and try it. Yeah. So they were just like, uber prepared like very prepared everything they knew those planes inside and out everything could go wrong when you were in the air on the ground all of it yeah they also tested out new uh, equipment weapons parachutes like they literally jumped out of planes to test parachutes and whatnot like they had to go through all of the trial and error to make sure the troops overseas were going to be safe so when it comes to these two women, as we said, having never meeting, but also having very parallel lives, Hazel was the first Chinese American woman to join the WASPs, followed shortly by Maggie. Now, during Hazel's training, it's said that she fell out of the aircraft due to the training pilot doing long loops without her seatbelt being properly like fastened. Safety first, people. Got to have your seatbelts done. Um, she survived um, by her parachute because that's what they're there for and went right back into flying because, you know, I fall out of a plane. That's the first thing I think of doing. <laughs> yeah, I thought that story was interesting because it it's basically alluded to that the training pilot who was a man who was training her uh, was doing these elongated loops in the air to like freak her out. 
but her seatbelt wasn't properly fastened because it had like a default, not a default, a defective right. clip. Uh, and she fell out and she survived. She got right back in the plane the next day. She's like, yeah, you think that's going to stop me? Anyways, moving on. Let's go. I just can't imagine being like, mm, I'm going to fall out of a plane. But like, not like, I know people go skydiving, but to like actually fall out of a plane and then be like, oh shit, I'm going to get back on it. That's just, it's more, it's way more risky than getting back on the horse or whatever the traditional, that's it. We're going right. to say, back to flying now. <laughs> back we're to flying now. It. We're no longer getting back on the horse. We're getting back in the plane. Um, so that was Hazel's training. During Maggie's training, she explained that they had to learn all of the really intense and dangerous stunts, like we said, that combat pilots were going to have to do. But she also experienced some extreme racism. Uh, people often mistook her for being Japanese. Um, and she had a quote, this was her quote, I felt like an exhibit at a country fair, a two-headed cow, the amazing Chinese-American wasp. I just, oh wait, this is because we're still in World War II, so Japan is Japan. Yep. Uh, so that's a great time in American history to just, oh, we'll do that a different day. We should not get into that. Oh, one. we're going to be diving more into know, the racist comments that these women had yeah, endured. Of course. Mm -hmm. So this Hazel also experienced racism because um, her plane like stalled out in a field once and the farmers that came out, but they came out with pitchforks and the farmer shouted, the Japs have landed at her as she tried to explain that she was an American. And not only that, she was a pilot. So like imagine having to like actually ex like defend yourself in that regard, right? Like, hey, my plane stalled. I'm stuck in this field. I need to figure this out. And these people are like coming. You're like, oh, fuck. I need to like actually defend myself because they're going to do something bad. Um, right. Because so they just see this woman stalling. They're like, oh, there's no way there's an American who is also, a woman and the Chinese. Have an American flag on it. Isn't it like a real thing? Don't all the planes have the flags on them? I'm not sure if these ones did. I did also see that uh, these women never were given proper uniforms. All the uniforms not. were for men uh, and they would not make wasp uniforms. So like not only that, she's landing, like her plane just stalled out. She's in a field. She's in civilian clothes. Right. And th then a bunch of racist farmers come out with pitchforks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Hazel faced racism by other military personnel as well, um, specifically calling her the little Chinese girl, um, which is very demeaning and just gross to even say, um, particularly about the amazing thing these women were doing. Um, so yeah, both women had spoken about how there was no female flight suits, like we were saying, and they were drowning in the men's smallest size. Yeah, they, they wouldn't take the time to make uniforms for them. And that also meant that the clothes that they were wearing were civilian clothes, which are not designed to withstand air resistance or heat. So this was like an actual serious safety concern right. too, but that's all they had. And right. they also weren't given uh, food or lodging as opposed to their male counterparts. So other people who were in this training program too, the men were given food, housing, you know, paid fairly. These women had to pay for their own lodging, pay for their own food couldn't get a uniform, experienced racism on the daily, and yet kept coming back. 
so the stories between Hazel and Maggie have like a lot of similarities, like so many, um, and they run side by side in a lot of ways. But unfortunately, Hazel and Lee's was cut short. Um, Hazel and a group of pilots were flying to Montana on Thanksgiving Day. Um, one of the pilots radio was out, so they landed in North Dakota. But due to the holiday, no one was available to fix the radio because Thanksgiving is off, obviously. Um, they decided to continue flying to Montana despite the broken radio. Um, and most of the planes landed with no issues whatsoever. Obviously, this is the turn. Um, they all watched in horror as Hazel's plane and the man with the broken radio came to the runway and they were way too close. Um, so if you don't know when you're landing planes, there has to be like a certain amount of time and space between them. So they don't like kind of like while one's landing and breaking, the other one doesn't like go right into the back of it or over so it. Or, yeah. Basically how they were lined up was one was underneath the other one and the other one was on top. Uh, Hazel was underneath and the guy was on top and uh, the people on the ground in the radio station, like the control panel people started screaming, pull up, pull up, not knowing that his radio was broken and only Hazel was going to hear that message. So if they both pulled up, they would have soared off into the sky, been able to land properly. But since Hazel was the only one who heard the message to pull up, she pulled up and directly crashed into the bottom of the broken man's radio plane. Um, he, however, did survive. Um, and But because she was trapped in like a, a plane that was on fire, because that's what happens when they crash into each other and there's all that engine fuel. Um, so she was stuck in there. She was brought to hospital and it about two days later she passed away at the age of 32 um, due to her injuries the doctor that tended to her said that they had never seen anyone so brave and that she was conscious the entire time but did not complain about it yeah there was a lot of reports of other pilots so this was a whole group of pilots that were doing this trip so a lot of them went to the hospital to be with her and uh, all of them had these reports that she was just like so stoic she didn't complain. She wasn't scared. And even though, I mean, she was suffering major burns and she yeah. was literally dying. She did not cry. She was just stoic to the end. And I think that that's just so telling of who she was as a person um, and for everything she faced. I mean, just, she went through so much. And even to the end, she was like, just not afraid and just brave through and through. I just I can't believe, you know what I mean? Like, the fact that she survived that crash at all, like even though it did end up ending her life those two days later, but like surviving a crash like that, like she was trapped in a burning plane. Like that's not an easy thing to like get out of one or like deal with or like the fear, like fire is a scary, horrible, horrible way to go. And so like having that fear along with like trying to survive. And like we said, like, being in a hospital and having these people here and not like she must have been in excruciating pain that entire time I'm sure they gave her pain meds but also like there's only so much people can do like that's so hard to think about mm -hmm. uh, on the other end Maggie G uh, left the wasp when it had been disbanded in 1944 she returned to Berkeley where she finished her degree in physics and became a very successful scientist as she continued to break gender stereotypes, nationality stereotypes for her entire life. And she was eventually presented with a Congressional Medal of Honor from Barack Obama 
She passed away in 2013 at the age of 89. Hmm. So she lived a very full life. So like after doing all those incredible things in the military, went on to be a physicist. Right. I mean, I'm sure the planes actually help with that, right? Because that's like a whole lot of physics to like get a plane out in the air and like all of that. I mean, again, this is going to be one of these topics where we're going to have to be full disclosure. We don't always understand exactly how they work. Um, So if anyone's coming for us, like the fact that planes can get off the sky, into the sky, I understand there's like thrust and whatever scientific stuff to it, but it really also seems like magic. So. So Maggie, (laughs) yeah, I, um. I do think it's amazing though. She went on to go back to school and uh, there were some things that she said in her memoirs saying like, oh, her family, after she got back from the WASP program, were like, okay, are you going to like settle down and have, you know, have, you know, kids and yeah, like when are you going to do that? And she's like, no, I'm going to go get my degree and become a scientist real quick. And that's what she did. She lived yeah. a really successful, beautiful life. I love that. I love that. It's sad that Hazel didn't get the, it's sad that Hazel didn't get that. Yeah. I think that's the hard thing, right? Especially when you're talking about like, like we did not have good planes in World War II. Like they were not like the most safe. There was not the most like, there's certain things that still are like, we still use radios today to like talk to people. I feel like today though, we would definitely, even though it was Thanksgiving, there would be someone to come and fix a radio. Um, We don't either fix it or when they, either that or when they landed in North Dakota, had just stayed overnight you know like they they would have just been like okay yeah let's wait here instead of risking it and trying to you know fly carefully to Montana but right. I mean the fact that they got that far though is also quite incredible because I mean I guess like you can see things they were doing lots of hand gestures that's how he uh, told them that his radio was out and then throughout the flight he stayed like in the middle of the flight right. pattern and they all like signaled to him with hand gestures um, it just, it literally just came just down to one. landing. Yeah, yeah. Just came down to landing. And, uh, I also think about how the people who were on the ground who radioed in to pull up, if they didn't do that, would they have been able to like maybe pot- land it? Mm, I wonder. Because but I guess, the like, issue was her pulling up into him. Right. Well, I wonder if they were right on top of each other. I don't think that would work though, because that's the other thing with runways, right? Is like when you're landing, you have to be behind the person. Yeah, I just wonder if maybe they would have like a slightly better chance. Right. Or maybe they just had to land it. Right. Or like been like turn right or something and like loop it. Right. But I guess if they were already on the descent, if someone knows how this works, (laughs) yeah, if someone knows how this works, please let us know. Like, give us a comment or like send us an email or something to explain it to us because I'm actually now very interested in that. You're right. Like, what would happen? hmm right who do who do we know who designs planes who flies planes we need we need info people (laughs) we need info Uh, so let us also probably google it ourselves but also we would love to call on you to get involved and teach us something with a fun fact um so however i would like to point out that female pilots now do in fact have uniforms they're still not like fully like for female bodies because like that's an issue that we have across the board with a lot of uniforms is that they're not generally made for the female frame um but they are now no longer in civilian clothes which is a good thing to point I out. I mean yeah that's a, that's a good plus I'm glad we made that small <laughs> completely 
acceptable step forward. Uh, I did also really like though that Barack Obama did recognize both yeah. women. Uh, and it's sad that it took that long yeah. for them to be recognized, but it is very nice that um, at least in Maggie's case, she was recognized in her lifetime. Yes. Um, and we've spoken about that before as well of like, it's unusual for us in the show, Unusual Woman, to honestly find a lot of these women who have done these incredible things and to actually have been recognized within their life for something. And it's often at near the end of their life rather than when it's happening itself. Um, right. I mean, it's sad that she passed away in uh, 2013. Like we, I mean, that we were in college and like, right. I didn't know anything about her. I oh. no idea who she was. Um, and that's the hard thing as well is like looking back and finding people that you're like, why didn't I learn about this? And I think like people are getting better with sharing more and more of these women, right? Who are doing these incredible things like Maggie, like Hazel, like learning all these things. Um, there's so many more kids books now that are focused on that, which is incredible. We're all for it. Um, and that's uh, like, yeah, I think we're making smaller steps, but like they're getting there, hopefully. Not only were they the first female pilots in the military, they were also Asian American. And yeah. that is such a critical factor in that, especially because it was World War II and you know, the enemy was Japan for America. And to have these these women who had to face so much adversity right. just for being women, and then not just that, for also being Chinese-American. Right. It's that intersection between racism and sexism that's just so hard because you're just like, it's like, it's so ingrained that it's hard to do. And then also you're, yeah. And like to even have to you also like as someone who was Asian American, particularly in that time and since and in general, you're having to prove your Americanness all the time, every day. Um, and people still talk about that as a thing. Like people still talk about someone being like, oh, where are you from? And they're like, New Jersey. And like, but like, where are you, are you actually from? from? Yeah, they, don't Jersey. say that. Yeah, don't, don't ever ask people that. Unless you know for a fact that they're from somewhere else, right? Like people ask me where I'm from and I'm like, cool, I'm from Scotland. But like, yeah, like before we wrap up the show, I do think we should also talk about the current uh, climate for Asian Americans in this country and how there's been this surge of violence and hate crimes towards them because of the coronavirus. Yes. Horrifying. Yeah. Well, and the it's over a 2000% increase, wasn't it? That were reported because that's the other thing that we're talking about is like a lot of these incidences or microaggressions or harassment, assaults, things like that are underreported in general. And so you're adding in the fact that these are the reported cases, which means there's many more that go unreported every single day. Um, right, even something from a passing comment on a social media post or like a TikTok saying something racist in the comments, like obviously all those things aren't reported but those those add up aggressions those those literal just verbal attacks on these people are are increasing exponentially and it is so horrifying because right what it's a virus people it's well, uh... and also i would like to point out that a lot of the other like um there are variants right in the world especially like there was the uk variant there was a south african one and people weren't going around to people who are from the uk being like hey you're like a disease get out of here mm -hmm. and like that's a strong distinction so it's not just like 
oh, well, that's where the virus originated or that's where that variant originated. Like there's a, it's, it's racism, people. Mm-hmm. Um, Straight up racism. Right. If you won't eat Chinese food now, you are the problem. You are. Or just Asian food in general. If you won't eat Asian food, if you don't know the difference between like Chinese mm-hmm. and J- Japanese, Korean, like there's so many like various like, and then you go into territories, which get into even more difference. But anyway, a lot of the Asian countries, there's a lot of them. They're very small, very like independent. They all have their own cultures. And that's so important to put forth. Also, I believe if you're not eating Chinese food for, because of coronavirus, you also shouldn't be allowed to eat any other cuisine. So you shouldn't be allowed. I think, who was it that there was a comedian that said it of, if you are against immigrants, you shouldn't be allowed any immigrant food. Um, I love that and I will find out home yeah um but yeah so you're sitting there and you're like look like these people are Americans they're these people are here even if they're immigrants even if they're first generation like human life is human life and everyone is should be treated with respect and we're supposed to be America the land of the free great melting pot well we don't always act like it and I think it's important to acknowledge what's happening right now yeah Absolutely. And what we'll do is in the show notes, we'll add in some resources of some really great um, AAPI uh, people who are great for educating yourselves, maybe some books. And then we'll also put in some mental health services for people who have experienced racist attacks and harassment, particularly in the pandemic, but also in general. Well, now that we've done the serious part, we're going to come back and be like, thank you so much to everyone for listening. We really love doing Unusual Women and finding out about these incredible people from the past and present who are doing incredible things and have really helped take those steps that we said in previous episodes. Like we stand on those people's shoulders for everything that we do. And it's so important to acknowledge their contribution in society. So thank you again so much for listening. Please uh, share, subscribe, and if you really like us, join our Patreon because uh, it helps keep the show going and helps us keeping new projects on the on the docket, uh, and we can keep sharing these stories with you, which are so important to share. So thank you so much for listening. Oh, and also side note: if you are someone who knows about planes, please let us know in a comment or send us a message with how planes land if there are multiple <laughs> planes in a place. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>